You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. So my name is John Holt. Uh, It's my wife, Kathy, sitting over here to my left, my beautiful wife. And uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Uh, Great to be here on this day. I am a father of three, a grandfather of nine, and a great-grandfather of eight, believe it or not. So, uh, yeah, in this uh, enjoying this uh, fatherhood thing. And... uh, so, uh, God bless all you dads today. I um, am a semi-retired uh, pastor, um, so that means I'm doing some things different in this season of my life, the last seven years. Uh, I'm doing things like I'm doing here this morning, um, filling in uh, when pastors are on vacation. I'm uh, doing some things with churches that are in between pastors and helping out. I'm doing some coaching of uh, other pastors. I'm doing some teaching, and uh, God's just opened up all kinds of different doors for uh, my wife and myself during this season uh, of our lives. So it's great to be here at Calvary Church this morning. And uh, I want to talk to you because I want to I speak into Pastor Nick's focus on unity, and so I want to speak into that theme for this house today, and I want to talk about building the body of Christ strong and healthy. And being this is Father's Day, I have a feeling that many of the fathers here have seen something like this. You may recognize it if I get a little bigger piece out, right? Most of the fathers have seen Legos, right? How many of you have ever stepped on one in your bare feet? <laughs> yeah, not just fathers do that, but mothers do that too, right? Yes, that's, a, uh, that's an unforgettable experience when you have that moment where that happens. Uh, since 1949, over 600 billion Lego parts have been manufactured by the Lego group in Denmark. And uh, maybe you have about a million of them in your house, uh, very possibly, depending on how many children you have and how much they enjoy uh, playing with Legos. Actually, the word Lego is a Danish word that means play well. And as you know, if your children are involved in putting things together, and building things from Legos. As you know, Legos have plans for thousands upon thousands of things that you can build. And uh, some of you have probably invested a lot in that, right? So you know what I'm talking about. God also has building plans. Did you know that? God has plans that he wants to build and fulfill through each of us as we work together for his glory. For uh, many months, uh, a few years ago, for many months, my wife Kathy and I provided care for our one great-grandson, Jackson. And uh, so we, we provided care for him every Monday, and uh, he moved into this season of his life where he was crawling and then where he was learning to walk. 
But you know, he did not have building skills. So we get the Legos out and I would start building, uh, mostly using these big Legos rather than the small ones. And I would start building and I never got very far in the building process because you know what happened, right? Right? He, he wrecked everything that I was trying to build. So somehow he thought that was, that was part of the game. He didn't have building skills, but he was sure good at destroying and tearing down everything that I tried to build for him. And sometimes people never grow beyond that phase. They're good at tearing down. Jackson's now four years old, and he's learning how to put the pieces together, and he's learning how to build. He's learning a new skill. And so my first question for all of us here this morning is, how are you growing in the skills that build the body of Christ strong and healthy? How are you growing in the skills that build the body of Christ strong and healthy? Uh, if you're married, how many of you are married? All right, did you discover that you needed to learn and grow in skills that united you rather than divided you? Did you discover that you needed to learn that, that that didn't come automatically because you walked down the aisle and you said all the, the beautiful words, but it, it was learning, and it is continually learning those skills that unite you as a husband and wife rather than divide you. And so in the kingdom of God, in the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, God's desire is to fit his people together and build that which advances his kingdom. And we all get to be a part of that. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, Paul writes and says, for we are God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. And then Peter writes about this in 1 Peter 2, 5 and says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. So to use my analogy this morning, uh, you are God's Legos. So just turn and tell somebody you are God's Legos. Would you do that? Just, just tell somebody, if you're sitting next to somebody, tell them you are God's Legos. Our, uh, our foundational scripture for today is Romans 14, 19. And so we're going to look at that, Romans 14, 19. And it says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church. In fact, you know what? Read it out loud with me. Let's read it together in unison. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. The Greek word for aim is a word that describes a hunter who is ardently pursuing his game. In the Greek, it's a participle, and what that means is that it can be translated as aim and keep aiming. The idea here is of intentional or on-purpose action. The Holy Spirit is giving us something to aim at, whereas in contrast, the goal of Satan is to distract us from aiming at the things that are most important to Jesus. Some years ago, I was deer hunting, and I imagine there's probably a lot of hunters here this morning, and uh, 
I got distracted and I did something that I've never done before. I forgot to reload my gun. It probably wouldn't have mattered a whole lot except that particular day I had the chance to shoot a buck. And when I aimed and pulled the trigger, nothing happened because I got distracted. And I believe that probably all of us have seen how easily we as God's people can get distracted from the mission that Jesus has given us to seek and save the lost. Do you know the enemies of Master are distracting us? I mean, these past years have been a witness to that, right? Of ways that the enemy works to try to distract us. In contrast, it's a blessing when we use our time and energy to aim at God's desires for us. But you know, there are things that make that difficult. One of the things that makes that difficult is when our preferences, our likes, and our dislikes become more important than the things that matter most to Jesus. You know, a funny example of that is uh, when I was a young pastor quite a few years ago, uh, one year for hunting season, I grew facial hair. Now, I, I notice here that facial hair is not a problem. Uh, looking, around, looking around this room, I notice that's not a problem, but I decided to grow facial hair. I decided to grow a beard for hunting season, and one of the ladies in our congregation didn't like that. Uh, you know, I wasn't doing anything unbiblical or sinful or unrighteous. I just did something she didn't like. You know, because we all have our likes and our dislikes. My, my wife happens to like my facial hair, by the way. That's why it's still there. Uh, but, uh, you know, she didn't like it, and she came up to me, and she grabbed my beard and gave a tug on it and said, I don't like that. Well, she was entitled to her preference, and being young and not as wise, I said to her, well, then don't ever grow one. Uh, <laughs> Which, which was probably not the best and wisest response at that moment, but that's what came out of my mouth. But, you know, preferences and likes and dislikes, we all have them, right? I have them and you have them. You know, another thing that makes it difficult for us to stay united is when we spend our time cursing the darkness rather than shining the light. We live in perilous times, don't we? And it's easy to get caught up in just cursing the darkness and ranting about the things that we don't like rather than saying the darkness is a great place to shine for Jesus. Amen? And another thing that makes it difficult at times to stay united is when we allow unchristlike attitudes into our hearts that hinder the mission that Jesus has given us and we make it all about us instead of about Jesus. I saw a, uh, a person who put a rant on Facebook. You know, sometimes people use Facebook to rant. Probably none of you, but, you know, this rant was on Facebook about the great inconvenience of using disposable communion cups. Now, I don't know if you use those here or not, and I know sometimes they're, they're a little hard to get open, but this person was ranting about how inconvenient it was to have to get these disposable communion cups open, and I don't know why they don't do communion the way they're supposed to do it, and, and on and on and on with this rant. And I, I, I read it, and I was thinking to myself, 
I think the cross was very inconvenient. And I wanted to post, I didn't. I resisted the temptation. I wanted to post, do you get as upset about people in your town who are lost without Jesus as you are about disposable communion cups? Because I thought this person has lost sight of what's most important to Jesus. So that is the big question. What is most important to Jesus? I, I think we can learn from Jesus in this. He said in Luke 2.29, I must be about my father's business. So he indicated what was most important to him. In John 4.34, he said, my meat or my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And he identified the fact that he came to seek and save the lost and he didn't allow himself to be distracted. So evil did not distract him. Evil motivated him. Evil motivated him to pray. Evil motivated Jesus to do good. Evil motivated him to share the good news. So how do we win against the devil's divisive schemes and focus on what's most important to Jesus? How do we fit together with each other and aim at God's purposes? So I'm glad you asked. And I have three practical spiritual answers for you. Aim at getting along, aim at serving well, aim at glorifying God. So first, aim at getting along. Let's say that together. Aim at getting along. And I'm going to read Romans 14, 19, and 20, but I want to read it this time from the message. So let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. You're certainly not going to permit an argument over, and you can fill in the blank there if you want, but it goes on to say, an argument over what is served or not served at supper to wreck God's work among you, are you? So I wonder how you'd fill that in if you were writing that. You're certainly not going to permit an argument over Face mess. To wreck God's work among you, are you? Certainly not going to permit an argument over music to wreck God's work among you, are you? You're certainly not going to permit an argument over a variety of ministry methods to wreck God's work among you, are you? So what would you allow to wreck God's work? Your opinions? Because how many know that we can pick at what's wrong rather than build up what's right? Easy to do that, right? And, and this is really about loving the church of Jesus Christ rather than focusing on what's wrong. We ask Jesus to correct what he needs, what he sees that needs correction. So we say, Lord, you see things in your church that need correction, we welcome you by the power of your Holy Spirit to come and make those corrections, but we're not going to tear each other apart. We're going to let you work in us to correct us and build us up. Now, the context here in this whole chapter in Romans 
chapter 14, is all about the origin of food that was being served. And so today we won't ask about whether or not it had been offered to idols. Today we'd ask questions like, you know, is it hormone-free? Uh, was that chicken that was served at the last church dinner, was that range-free chicken? You know, there's different things that may concern us today. But should that be our focus? So the point here is to use our energy to aim at getting along, not at picking at others. Boy, there's a whole lot of things we can pick at, right? And even when we look at stuff going on in our culture today, there's a whole lot of, th- we, we can focus our energy on picking at the things we don't like. But you know that not getting along really hurts the work of God? You know that? You know what happens in your family when you're not getting along with each other? Well, in the church of Jesus Christ, the bigger family of believers that we're a part of, not getting along really hurts the work of God. So that's why when we look at this Greek participle here that we must aim and keep aiming at getting along because the devil is always working to try to distract us and get us to aim elsewhere. And, and one observation I would make is if we are aiming at getting along in the body of Christ, that means we're laying down our weapons. Like words and actions and attitudes that wound each other. I don't know if any of you are a, a Downton Abbey fan. One of the things I learned from watching Dar- Downton Abbey was the arc of insults. And so if you watch Downton Abbey, you know about the art of insults and put-downs while you have a fake smile on your face. And, uh, you know, one, one example, Cora says, I take that as a compliment. And Violet says, I must have said it wrong. <laughs> and, and, and Martha says in, in one scenario, I have no wish to be a great lady. Violet says, a decision that must be reinforced whenever you look in the glass. <laughs> and, and so we listen to that, and, you know, you laugh, I laugh. But, you know, in this family, God has called us to be better than that. Amen? He's called us to be better than that as his holy people because we represent him So what if our thinking was aimed at what kind of reply can I give in conversations that would help us to get along better? You know, in Ephesians 4.29, Paul says, and never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. And if you read that in a couple different translations, you discover what should we aim at? We should aim at loving each other. We should aim at showing grace to each other. We should aim at forgiving each other. We should aim at serving and giving and compassion. We should aim at encouraging others. How many of you like to be encouraged? We all like to be encouraged, right? Hebrews 3.13 says, encourage one another daily. So how often do we need encouragement? Daily, every day. So to aim at getting along well, we have to look for ways to get connected 
rather than focusing on our differences. And, and that could be as simple as a get-to-know-you-better kind of request. Somebody that you don't know real well, and you just say to them, tell me your story. I'd like to hear more about that. That kind of open heart and attitude to other people helps us to get along better. And why is this important for you, for the church, for the kingdom of God? Because when we learn how to aim at getting along, then it's much more joyful and fulfilling to serve together. Right? Isn't it wonderful to be able to serve together with people that you're getting along with? Right? That's what God wants for his church. Secondly, aim at serving well. So going back to Romans 14, 19 again, this is from the New Living Translation. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. So the focus is not on what pleases me, but on what will please Jesus by building up the body of Christ so that we can work together and serve well together. Ephesians 4, 16 it says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is growing and full of love. So to use my analogy, you're God's Lego. How does he want to fit you together with other Legos? Now, there's all kinds of different colors and shapes and sizes of Legos and, you know, the original kind of Legos, the smaller ones. Sometimes you need a, a piece that helps you fit pieces of different sizes together. And sometimes, let's see, what else do I have in here? Oh, I have a piece like this that my great-grandson really liked. And uh, so there's all kind of interesting pieces. You know, look around the body of Christ. Aren't there a whole lot of interesting people? Have you noticed that? There's a whole lot of interesting and unique people here this morning, right? People of, you know, people who are young like me. <laughs> and then people who are older. But you get the point. I mean, Jesus is building his church from every tongue and tribe and race and nation, isn't he? And we get to be a part of that. And God wants to help us to serve well together. He wants to fit each of us into what he is building. His goal is to unite us so that he can accomplish something good through us. So let me say that again. His goal is to unite us. And that doesn't mean we don't have any differences. But we're united around something that is bigger than us. Around Jesus, right? So his goal is to unite us so that he can do something good through us. Whereas the enemy's goal is to divide us and distract us from serving well. So, I want us to watch just a short part of this video about what it looks like to be united so that we can accomplish something we couldn't accomplish by ourselves. So let's watch this for a moment.
Do you see what's happening there? Isn't that a great way to move a barn? Now, what happens if those people are not united? What happens if some of them determine that we're, we should be going a different direction? Do, do they accomplish what they wanted to accomplish, which is basically moving this barn to a new foundation? Now, I don't know how many hundreds of people it took for doing that, to do that. Uh, I imagine when they finished, and you, you can stop the video there now. I imagine when they finished, they got to look at what they had accomplished together and were able to rejoice in, we did that. Isn't that, a, isn't that a great feeling when in unity we accomplish something that we couldn't accomplish alone? Unity brings the power to accomplish what looks impossible. Unity moves us in a certain direction that God desires. We let go of our preferences. We embrace one vision and we move together. And the goal is to serve well. And, and once that barn that we just saw on the screen, once that barn is in place, those who help to carry the vision can look and say, look what we accomplished together. That's the way it is in the church. When we're united, we have differences, but we're united around common vision and purpose. And we can look and say, look what God helped us accomplish as we work together. That's the power of unity. So aim at getting along, aim at serving well, and whether that's serving one another, whether that's serving your spouse or your family or your church or your community or those without Jesus, aim at serving well. And thirdly, aim at glorifying God. Say that with me. Aim at glorifying God. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes, when we do what God has asked us to do, it doesn't turn out the way we'd hoped. What matters is that we did what God asked us to do. So let me say that again. Sometimes when we do what God asks us to do, it doesn't turn out the way we'd hoped. But what matters is that we did what God asked us to do. Last month, I was with a gathering of ministers all across Pennsylvania, Delaware. And one of the speakers, Pastor Choco, made this statement, and I wrote it down in my, in my notes. He said that understanding can wait, obedience cannot. And I thought about that because... I realize in my own life there's times when, when God asks me to do something, I want to understand first why and, and what's he up to. And, and that statement, understanding can wait, obedience cannot. So what matters most is that we do what God asks us to do, even if we don't fully understand. Jesus never said, if you do what I tell you to do, only good things are going to happen. He never said that. And you may say, John, what do you mean? Well, sometimes when you love people, they don't love you back. 
Have you discovered that? Sometimes when you are kind to people, they are hateful to you. Have you discovered that? Jesus told us to pray for those who misuse us. Do you remember that? Remember him telling those who misuse you, you know, those who persecute you, those who curse you, you know, to, to be, be kind to them, to pray for them. He, he never said that if you obey me and do this, everything is just going to turn out great and you'll have no more problems. But nobody did say in Matthew 5, 45, he said, you do this so that you may show or prove yourselves to be children of your Father who is in heaven. In other words, Jesus said, you have something to prove to a world around you that may hate you, that may misuse you, that may curse you, that you have something to prove to them. You need to prove to them that you're a child of your Father in heaven. In other words, I'm aiming at glorifying God. I am endeavoring to prove that I am truly a child of God. And Jesus went on to say, in that teaching, he said, others will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we aim at getting along, we aim at serving well, we aim at glorifying our Father in heaven. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So let me ask this question this morning. What dreams does God want to fulfill through you and through Calvary Church? What dreams does God want to fulfill through you and through Calvary Church that you get to be a part of as you are united. Edgar Guest wrote these words. He entitled them Wreckers or Builders. He says, I watched them tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town. With a whole heave-ho and lusty yell, they swung a beam and a sidewall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled as the men you'd hire if you had to build? He gave me a laugh and said, no indeed, just common labor is all I need, and I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken a year to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these two roles have I tried to play Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by the rule and swear? Am I shaping my deeds by a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks around content with the labor of tearing down? Jesus has called each of us here to be builders together, that's unity, builders together with him. And I want to encourage you, church, in whatever the future holds for you and for Calvary Church, to say yes to the call of Jesus to be builders together with him. 
So let's just practice this. Would you say yes with me in unison? Yes. Say it again. Yes. A little bit louder. Yes. It's a new habit we might have to get into, right? To say, yes, Lord, I am going to be a worker together with my brothers and sisters. Together, we're going to work with you. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul writes, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. I want to invite the worship team to come back. Jesus is building a precious house. His church. Isn't it great to be a part of his church? He's building a precious house. Do you know that Jesus loves his church? Do you know that? Jesus loves his church. Do you know the church is not perfect? Do you know that? But Jesus loves his church. Do you know the purpose of the church is perfect? Because the, perfect, the purpose of the church has been given to us by our perfect Lord. So even though the church is not perfect, its purpose is perfect. And Jesus prayed that we would be joined together as one so that we would fulfill his purpose. He prayed that we love one another. So I want to encourage you, aim at that Calvary Church. Keep aiming at getting along. Keep aiming at serving well. Keep aiming at bringing glory to God. So before we pray together, I just want to ask you some questions. Who do you need to get along with? Who in your life do you need to learn how to get along with? Do you know that you can ask Jesus to help you with that? Right here in this moment, you can ask him to help you with that. In what way do you need to serve? So another way of saying that is where does Jesus want you to say yes? How can you glorify God with your life and your gifts? And you know when you answer those questions biblically, then your focus is on who we are as God's people and why we exist and what we're called to do. We refuse to be distracted. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to keep aiming at his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So what's the Holy Spirit talking to you about today? What attitude or mindset needs to be transformed by Jesus? What dis-ease needs healed in your spirit today? What has become a distraction in your life that needs to be surrendered to Jesus? Where have you allowed the enemy to distract you? What disappointment in others or in the church needs to be brought to the cross of Jesus Christ because sometimes we let disappointments fester in our spirit instead of bringing them to the cross. What relationship needs the love of Jesus? So I want to ask you to stand with me this morning, church. Would you do that? And I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for Calvary Church. And then I want to ask you to 
just do something in a symbolic way with me. But Father, I just want to come to you today in the name of Jesus. And I want to pray for all my brothers and sisters here this morning at Calvary Church. Most of them I don't know, but you know them, Lord. They are your children. They have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They have come into your kingdom in the same way that I have, Lord, by putting trust and faith in you. And Lord, they need your help to win over all the things that would distract us. And so I pray for that in the name of Jesus. I, I pray that you will bless them with a unity of purpose. I pray that you will bless them, Lord, with unity of vision. I will pray that you will bless them with growing in the skills and aiming at getting along with each other and, and serving well and, and aiming at that which glorifies you. I pray, Lord, you'll set them free from the self-focused ways that we can become, Lord. We, we know that, Lord, that at times we are weak and we're thinking only about me and what pleases me. Lord, deliver us from that, I pray. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to focus on what's most important to you. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who have some kind of dis-ease or discouragement or disappointment to get in their spirits. I pray in the name of Jesus that you set them free this morning, that you just impart grace to them. You impart your love to them. You remind them how much you love them, Lord. Let your hand be upon them. I pray for all the dreams, Lord, that are in your heart for Calvary Church and your people here and what you want to accomplish through them, Lord. Think of that video we watched earlier of that team in Alaska and what you accomplished through them because they work together with unity of purpose. And Lord, there's so many more things that the future holds. Help us not to be distracted by the evil in our world to do what you did, Lord. You prayed, you did good, and you preached the gospel to the lost, to the hurting, to the broken. And Lord, we live in a world that's lost its way. Use us to point them to Jesus. Use us to point them to Jesus. Father, I pray for those blessings upon my brothers and sisters today in the name of Jesus. So I'm just going to ask you to just, first of all, would you join me in just putting your hands over your heart and just saying to Jesus, Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. Would you say that out loud with me? Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. And then I'm just going to ask you to put your hands on your head. Would you do that? Do you know the many times we have to win the battle between our ears before we can win other battles in our life, stuff that goes on there? So, Jesus, I surrender my mind to you. Would you say that with me? Jesus, I surrender my mind to you. Lord, renew our minds. Through your word, through your Holy Spirit, renew our minds. Now, I'm just going to ask you to hold your hands out in front of you. Would you do that? And we're going to just pray, Jesus, I surrender my hands 
Jesus, I surrender my hands to do your will, to do your will. Because there's something that God wants to accomplish through each and every one of you here this morning. He has given you gifts, and he has brought you together for purposes that are bigger than yourself, so that Christ may be glorified. So church, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. It's been a joy to be with you here today. God bless you, Calvary Church. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 